Do you have an employee with management potential, but you aren't quite sure how to help them in the transition? NRHA's Foundations of Leadership program takes new managers through six key areas of leadership development to make sure they are confident and ready for their new position. Best of all, the program is done completely online, giving your new manager flexibility to complete the course while diving into their new responsibilities. To learn more about this program, just go to nrha.org F-O-L. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is Dan Trottencheck, your humble host for the Taking Care of Business podcast. Um, you know, uh, it, it seems like uh, the industry has not certainly slowed down in the last few months. And in uh, in recent weeks here, we're getting into the time where I would and a lot of you would be climbing on airplanes and going all around the country to go to the fall dealer markets. Uh, but it's a little bit different situation this year. A lot of us are sitting in front of our computers to, to, to take part in these markets. And really kind of the one of the first major markets off the blocks this year from uh, from one of the national distributors is, is the Orgel Evolution online buying event. And um, what's really been amazing to to me and the rest of our team at NRHA to watch is, is how all these distributors, big, small, in the middle, have have managed to just like you guys the retailers turn on a dime and get these uh kind of technologically sophisticated frameworks up and running and and hopefully you know uh working for everyone who wants to get that kind of market experience and do their uh buying for the upcoming selling seasons and and i'm sure um while some companies you, you know had to had to experience this in the spring um now there's been a little time uh since the spring markets to to uh, put a finer edge on on that online buying event and online dealer markets and so for i, I guess we could call this the second generation of virtual markets taking place um oracle has kind of been first out of the gates and and in and around that, we're going to talk a little bit about this experience today, but but it really brings up the whole topic of technology and how technology and information systems and, and things like these virtual markets, I, I mean, it, it's certainly underplaying it to say they're changing our industry because one thing COVID has done is it's really um, brought technology to the forefront in just about everybody's lives. I've said this multiple times, but I had used Zoom maybe a handful of times before COVID. Now I use it probably a handful of times every day. And and believe me, I am I am completely um, you know not tech savvy at all. And for someone like myself to comfortably use that kind of things just really shows that not only the way technology has uh, you know been invasive in all of our lives in, in somewhat of a good way, I guess, in some some negative ways, but but um, also how how just everybody. COVID has really forced everybody to become more comfortable with it. And, and you know, this certainly isn't an insult to, to the hardware home improvement retailing industry, but some folks in this industry are a little slower to adapt to technology. But our guest today is an individual who has had no problem adapting to technology. In fact, that is his, uh, that is his vocation. And today we are talking with Mark Hamer, who is a new addition to the Oracle executive team, but he is Oracle Incorporated's new executive vice president and chief information officer, chief technology officer. 
And he's got a background in technology, um, you know, well beyond this industry, but now he's bringing his talents to the Memphis area uh, to help Orgle kind of kind of take those next steps on their technological journey. Mark, welcome to the program. What do you think about all the all the changes that are kind of being thrust upon this industry so quickly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to to chat with me today, Dan, and and you know, this is the first time I've done a, a podcast remote, right? So, uh, yeah. uh, you know, really excited to, to go through that with you. Um, you know, like, like you said, I mean, this, I'm new to the industry. I'm definitely not new to technology. And, uh, you know, what's, what's happened with uh, COVID, you know, when you think about it from a technological perspective, you know, I've been doing a lot of that already. Um, you know, sure. the biggest thing is, is that now it, it, it's kind of a, a mandate, I guess, uh, you know, for a period of this time versus a nice to have when you're trying to, you know, do a face-to-face with somebody that's in uh, on a different continent or in a different state where now, um, you know, where before you've had folks uh, sitting down the hall from you that now you're doing a Zoom video right. or, or a, uh, um, you know, Google uh, meets video, you know, with them to, you know, communicate. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit more? I, I mean, obviously, you know, like I said, and I, I don't mean, uh, I don't mean to be insulting to this industry at all, because there are certainly players in this industry that have really embraced technology, but you know, your background isn't in this industry. So you can kind of even give us a little bit first, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit about your background, but then just this concept of, uh, I think this industry's got some catching up to do, and that's at every step in the kind of supply chain, certainly at the retail steps, but also at distribution and, and I'm sure manufacturing. So why don't you give us and give our listeners a little bit of a picture of kind of what your background is and, and what led you to this industry? Yeah, sure. Um, so my background is, you know, my first 12 years or so I spent in the defense industry, um, high tech with uh, Northrop Grumman, uh, the electronics sector, and then yeah. also with uh, Raytheon's um, intelligence business. So deal a lot with uh, both commercial and uh, um, uh, federal government, military type of customers, uh, all the three letter acronyms uh, um, there. <laughs> and uh you know, went from there to uh, Thermo Fisher. Uh, Thermo Fisher was a combination of Thermo Electron and Fisher Scientific coming together. Fisher Scientific being a large distribution uh, organization of probably about three or four billion when I joined them. And then uh, Thermo Electron being more of that manufacturing business of uh, life sciences, uh, healthcare, uh, uh, you know, equipment, safety, et cetera. And those two coming together um, and, and really helped build the you know, e-commerce, e-business presence that they have, um, you know, even today where they're just a, you know, they're, they're a giant in their, in their industry now. And the, the substantial growth that they've gone through has been, been uh, amazing. Um, after Thermo Fisher, I was with Thermo for probably six or seven years. Um, after there, I, I went to uh, uh, Sealed Air. Um, I was with Sealed Air Corporation, um, which is, you know, most people, if you don't, haven't heard of them, they're the bubble wrap company. Even though, bubble oh, okay. wrap is, even though bubble wrap is a small part of their, uh, um, you know, overall revenue. Um, and uh, that was a lot of fun, to be quite honest. And, and, and what, what I've tried to do kind of at every company I've been at is I don't look at uh, technology as IT or systems, right? I look at it as, 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 you know, really technology as a whole and using technology to help accelerate everything a company wants to do, right? Right. And in each one of those companies, I've, I've, either helped enhance, um, 
you know, their, their a, a digital uh, uh, presence that they may not have had before, uh, whether that's creating a, 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 a P&L for a, the end customer, um, or whether it's something where it's uh, you're building solutions and services on top of your already existing products and services that just enhance you and make you more valuable to your end customer. Yeah. And then uh, when I left Sealed Air um, about a year ago, or so I guess it's, it's been longer than that now, um, I went and worked with private equity for about a year. Um, okay. And uh, because what I wanted to do was I, I, I didn't want to um, kind of rush into anything. I wanted to kind of sit back for the first time in my career and just say, hey, you know, let's look at the, the different opportunities out there and, and, and wait for the one where I really thought that it was a best fit in all ways. And with private equity, um, you know, I, I've been through a lot of mergers and acquisitions in my career, probably 40 to 50. And with, with uh, private equity, it was across uh, all the different industries. Um, and one of the things I was doing with them is looking at, um, you know, what companies potentially acquire, what technologies to acquire um, or invest in. And then for those companies that were, uh, they did it uh, um, already uh, buy, how to integrate them the best um, possibly in, a, in the fastest amount of time. And so kind of what led me to this is, um, you know, I wouldn't say the industry, Dan, um, even though it's kind of cool being in an industry where you're actually, you know, things that I've done on, on my own in my personal life, you know, I visit, yeah. you know, the hardware stores and the lumber stores and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was more about the opportunity, um, both with the company um, who the company is, you know, being 174 years old, um, family owned. And then ultimately what I am most concerned about and most interested in is, is the people, right? Um, you know, who I work for and who I work with is by far the most important thing in, in, in my career right now. Because as you know, the people that you work with every day, you see them more than you do your own family most times, at least most from a waking perspective, right? And so... You know, when I, uh, um, you know, first was uh, um, brought into the mix um, and, and, I, and I met, uh, you know, Boyden and I met uh, the uh, EVP team, um, that's really how things got, uh, you know, solidified for me as far as, right. you know, the, the opportunity because it's huge. Um, there, there is not one crevice of Orgil that technology cannot help. And, and Orgil is a very, very good company, very successful company, um, high growth company. And um, the opportunity to introduce technology and use technology to help us, you know, become more efficient, um, you know, accelerate things that we want to do, um, go to market strategy, e-commerce, distribution, retail solutions for our end customers. It's just across the board. Um, the, the sky's the limit, to be quite honest. And, uh, and that's really what excited me about this. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, great opportunities to kind of flex that technology muscle to, 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 to take the growth and find ways to create efficiencies and create even more growth. I will give you a couple of warnings, though. Um, when you come into the hardware industry, everyone in your family and your friends and that you meet is going to automatically assume that you're a skilled carpenter, plumber, and tradesman. <laughs> and I know in my, I mean, I can do a couple things, but people are like, you know, oh, you know, what do you mean you can't rewire my, my electrical box? I, I thought you were in the hardware industry. So you're going to get some of that, you, you know, <laughs> so be prepared. 
Uh, well, they'll, they'll learn really quickly uh, to uh, hire a professional for what they want to do because that is not my uh, my forte in any way. <laughs> you and me both. But and the other thing I, I got to ask is with, with your uh, experience with Northrop Grumman and Raytheon, I'd assume that you're you're fast at work at some kind of clandestine project with Oracle to develop unmanned aerial vehicles or to patrol sales territories or or or. Or these uh, Boyden's going to be driving some super cool James Bond car that has like oil slicks and stuff like that that you're going to develop. I'd assume. I just, at least I'll I'll I'll, I'll think of it that way. We'll 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 leave those plans and strategy for a later uh, discussion, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you, of course you can. I wouldn't expect you to reveal any of that. But uh, um, in all seriousness, no, that you you really came into the industry at an interesting time. And, um, you, you know, you kind of obviously probably got waist deep pretty quickly. And, um, you know, we already talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but the, the, the pandemic has certainly really kind of accelerated, I guess, our need for and dependence on technology as an industry, not just in, in, in communication ways, but um, I, I think companies, particularly in the distribution segment, ha have seen, you know, th there's been some challenges with distribution and so on. And a lot of those things, you know, technology could probably help with. But another great example is what's going on as we speak, which is Oracle's online buying event, which is, which, uh, you know, as we started to talk about, it, it is really this huge technological opportunity. Plus, plus, I'd imagine the people, the people at Oracle that are putting it together would say, well, it's also a little bit of a hurdle too. And, and, and maybe you could talk to us a little bit kind of about and I know you you know you're you're really relatively new to Oracle so I, I I don't know how much you can speak to us but talk to us a little bit about this online buying event and kind of the technology being used in that and how that's maybe representative is that a starting point for what these kind of things can look like or or how does that kind of fit into where distribution may be going in the future yeah I, I, I would say a few things so so you know you know, also just to clarify, just like with what you said, you know, I've been here about six weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, the team did the team the team um, did a phenomenal job in, in what they put together in, in such a short period of time. And you know, I, I was really impressed, uh, to be quite honest, um, in, in what the team you know really rallied around, and it, and it was multiple functions um, really rallying around this thing to, to to bring it together. And at the end of the day, it, it, it was all about the customer, right? Um, you know, that's Orgil's mantra. That's one of the other things that really, you know, uh, excited me about the company. But at the end of the day, it's all about the customer doing, uh, you know, what's best for the customer to help them grow, help them be successful, et cetera. And, and that, that's kind of what the, the goal in this was, is, is basically, you know, since, they, since we couldn't meet in person. And, and to be honest, Dan, that was something I was really looking forward to because right, I, sure. I, I saw some of the past sessions online and, and I was really lo looking forward to going to this million square foot event and, you know, meeting people and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in, you know, since that couldn't be, be done live, um, you know, what, what the team put together was basically how can we, you know, offer something where we can offer the discounts through the, with the vendors um, to our end customer in an easy fashion um, to not just transact um, the purchase, but also to, you know, meet and collaborate with with the, with the with the dealers and with the, the those vendors and, and our teams also because that's key, right? You know, with collaboration comes um, you know better partnership and better understanding of everybody's business and direction and where we're going. So you know that's really important with this. And and so you know we've we've got collaboration sites on there. 
um, where, where, where there's lots of folks that are meeting um, day in and day out, you know, people buying a lot of stuff um, at great deals, um, et, et, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so far, so good. I mean, we're, uh, you know, I guess three and a half days into this thing and uh, um, had, a, had a couple hiccups on the, the, the first morning, but, uh, you know, nothing that we couldn't, didn't overcome and uh, it's going really well. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that it's, uh, it, it, it's been a success and, uh, you know, we still have a long ways to go since it's, it's going on for, uh, you know, two weeks. Well, yeah, it's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And I think that, um, you, you know, I also think that what you spoke to is certainly the case is, is the primary function of a, of a buying market is the buying and selling and collaboration and interaction. And, and that's what you guys really focused on with the buying event was how do we, not necessarily, and, and you know, in, in talking with Boyden about this, how do we not necessarily try and say we're going to replicate the entirety of what a what a typical dealer market is like, but how do we at least facilitate that commerce that's such an important part of the of the uh, of the buying market experience? And 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 I would say too, congratulations to the to the whole Oracle team that uh, that I know that um, you know listening to talking to some of the other executives that just about every uh, uh, person at the company was was somehow involved. In, in, in making the online buying event uh, come off. But as you said, that's going to that's gonna last a little bit after we're done with the podcast. So beyond the online buying event, which I know has to have been kind of consuming for Oracle in terms of uh, um, the technology focus for at least the last couple months, what are some of the things that are kind of on your radar? I mean, you touched on the fact that Oracle is a 175-year-old company um, and, and a, a lot you know, while the longevity of a company like that is is obviously fantastic and and something that uh, something that few companies see that kind of uh, uh, success and longevity, um, but also sometimes you feel it, it can be appear that companies like that kind of are so rooted in in legacy that they don't aren't looking to things like technology uh, or or information technology solutions. So, what are some of the kind of things that you think are on your plate? Um, that, that you want to attack right away, kind of once we get through the online buying event, what's, what's on your list? Probably two or three things at least. <laughs> <laughs> two or 300 probably. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, all joking aside, I mean, you know, the biggest thing what, what we're going to be looking at over the, the, the next uh, few months is, is really the prioritization of those opportunities, you know, whether it's, you know, within the distribution centers themselves, um, with, within the retail space and, and CNRG or our dealers, yeah. Um, the e-commerce, the e uh, you know, side of the, the, the house or just, you know, helping the company run more efficiently, right? Um, that, that's kind of what I was sharing at the beginning uh, regarding technology and, and it's not just systems, right? You know, there's, you know, technology can be used an awful lot in, in business process improvement, right? You know, when you look at things that take a long time and it's repeatable tasks and uh, you can document those tasks, a lot of times you can automate that, right? And, right. and get to the whole thing of, you know, doing more with less. And, and the more that we can become efficient within our distribution centers, right? And handle this huge amount of growth because, you know, we don't believe that growth is going to do anything but continue to grow and, and hopefully grow even faster. Um, you know, what my job is to help us be able to do that and be able to scale faster. Um, you know, both on the retail side uh, within our CNRG stores and the dealer dealers with a partnership and help them be able to grow through, you know, added technology solutions and really beef up our, you know, retail services group and our Tyndale Advisors group. Um, and, and then within the distribution centers, you know, we, we've hired a ton of folks 
over the last few months to, to handle the, uh, you know, the increase in volume. And, you know, one of the things that, that I definitely can, can help lead is, you know, how can we do more with less inside of the DCs, right? And how can we become more efficient there? Because, you know, if we can scale faster and we can work, uh, you know, better, faster uh, um, with our vendors, then, you know, we're going to be able to fulfill more, right? right. And, and, and we're huge on our service levels and, and really want to knock that out of the park. And, and I think that there's, uh, there's no reason why we can't. And, right. you know, just, to, uh, you know, one of the things that I've done really my first 45 days is, is I really haven't been home a whole lot, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I love that. Boyd and I were 100% on the same page is about, you know, me kind of getting out and about, you know, I'm not a big fan of sitting in an office. So, you know, I went out and saw, you know, five of our six uh, U.S.-based uh, DCs. I'll see the seventh or the sixth one um, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, I spent two weeks out on the road with, uh, you know, our sales teams with, with uh, uh, different reps going to, you know, 20 customers or so. And then uh, went to some of the CNRG stores, um, you know, out on the West Coast in Texas and, and really learning the business, right? Uh, did deep dives around pricing, around purchasing, around sales. Um, because that's how I'm going to learn, right? Um, you know, I can sit in an office and, you know, make decisions from there and from, you know, hearing things third hand, but it's always better for, you know, me to go about and, and really spend the time in these places and get a lot of that, what I call windshield time with, with, you know, sales folks and also with key executives, including Boyd and, um, and getting their thoughts. Right. And, and, and because that, 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 that's, uh, priceless in my mind. Um, you know, the, the that time you get to spend there. And it's going to help me see a broad view of the company instead of seeing anything like, okay, hey, I might be an expert in distribution or I might be an expert in retail or, or transportation or e-commerce or just technology. But, you know, I want to look at technology across the breadth of our company, right, and, and be able to um, have an impact in every single one of those areas. And we will. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that we will. Well, it's interesting, you know, and as we were trying to schedule this uh, podcast, um, I know that you were on the road. I mean, you were, I knew you were visiting DCs and so on. So we we're trying to find a time that it would make sense. But what's really interesting is, um, you know, kind of connecting the dots through our conversation today is, um, you know, my first response reaction, and, and I'm admittedly somewhat of a, even a technophobe, I would probably put it that way, because, you know, just the concept, I, I'm one of these people that, that, and maybe it's because I, I, might be more creative minded or something without that there's not creativity, certainly in, in technology, but, but the thought of technology and I start getting, you know, information systems or technology and I start just kind of getting, you know, start getting tense about it. And, um, it, you know, and it kind of the fact that you're out and you're visiting with people and you're talking with people and you're visiting at distribution centers and retail places and salespeople, um, and, and it really breaks that kind of image of you know a techno technology focused guy is going to be sitting in an office surrounded by these glowing computer monitors and and all that. But then now in our conversation, you really explain it as technology is a tool to figure out how to be more efficient in performing functions that you're performing, you know, whether it's sales or the retail environment. And, and, and so you're going out almost like you're looking for clues to piece together. Oh, what do we need to do? Is that kind of an accurate description of what, what you kind of see your role right now is doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the key around technology is no matter what you're implementing um, or putting in place, it's got to perform a function or, or provide a capability. Right. And, and I think that's very important is that when, when companies roll out technology, 
um, or, or, or have, you know, various systems that they want to implement, et cetera, or tools they want to implement. You know, the key is, uh, you know, you really have to look at what capability that's providing the business and, 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 and continuously improve on that capability, right? Because, and that's not just for us, that's for our customers, right? And, and that's one of the things where I think is one of our largest opportunities there also is that a lot of our customers, you know, want to grow. And, 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 and want to do a better job, you know, within their own space. And that's one of the things where I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to help them um, in that area, you know, through additional technology solutions that can, you know, partner with our retail services group and then also our uh, Tyndale Advisors organization to really, really help our customers uh, not succeed, but just, but prosper, to be quite honest. And, you know, we're already, you know, doing a, a pretty good job with, with a lot of those folks, but I mean, we can do a phenomenal job with those folks. And, you know, it's, it, to me, it's kind of like, you know, making a good company great. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting that, I mean, you know, Oracle has undoubtedly in the two plus decades that I've been, uh, you know, involved with the industry, Oracle has obviously seen a lot of growth. And so one camp might say, you know, kind of the, the old vibe of you're talking about 175 year old company that in the last 30 years has grown, you know, from a regional distributor to, to nationwide and beyond distributor. Why, why are we making an investment? Why are we looking at technology and, and uh, information systems? And if it's not broken or it hasn't hampered us, you, you know, why is it now so important? And, and I think, again, going back to where we started the conversation is, is people just need to look around and see what's going on in their own lives right now with COVID to understand how important it is to have those kind of systems in place. And, and, and ultimately, like, like you were just saying, it's the, to the benefit of the retailer, faster, more efficient uh, technology and information systems at distribution and working and communicating with the manufacturers and vendors means that they get orders faster, means that they get, they, they get, uh, um, better information about what's available. Uh, you guys can compile better information on things like pricing and so on. Um, and, and so I, obviously there's this kind of investment from Oracle is there's a benefit to the retailer at the end. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And, and one of the things to, to also remember too, is you never want to be in a position and I've seen a lot of companies go through this, um, but you never want to be in a position to be forced to invest in technology because of some type of major problem going on, right? You want to be ahead of it and proactive, and you really want to uh, build systems, process technology on where you want to go, not where you've come from, right? And and I think that is that is key. And you know, I just you know, I, I'm not a big quotes person, but you know, when Gretzky talks about skating to where the puck's going to be versus where the puck's at now. Um, that's very key to understand from a technology perspective is saying, Hey, you know, I don't want to come in here and put in, uh, you know, a technology vision or roadmap to, you know, handle what we're doing today. I want to handle what we think we're going to do three years, five years, 10 years from now. And that way then, you know, as we continue to grow, it's easy to scale, very easy to scale. And then that opens up other opportunities, you know, for us in other space also. Well, and it's also interesting, and you touched on this a little bit, and you said you spent some time visiting with us, is that, and I'm going to reference this for a second, because we just, you know, uh, just here recently, um, uh, Boyd Moore, President and CEO of Oracle, 
uh, in conjunction with the start of the online buying event, gave a presentation. Um, and one of the things he talked about in the presentation was was kind of how Oracle is using the CNRG stores. And, and for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with that, is that Oracle has a wholly owned subsidiary called CNRG that operates retail stores uh, across a variety of brands, um, really throughout different uh, areas of the country, and they range from hardware, traditional hardware stores to home centers to, to lumber-focused dealers. Um, but one of the things he was emphasizing in his speech is that these stores are really laboratories where you guys get to test things and figure out what works and so on. And I'd imagine that's not only kind of a luxury to have in, in this kind of industry, the ability to kind of test those concepts, but also gives you a, a great deal of kind of built-in feedback when you're thinking about how do things like like our integrating information and technology systems that, that, that talk to retail and kind of make it more efficient. Did you kind of find that or were, is that something that, that you kind of consider, oh, this is a big benefit to us as we begin building these kind of broader, deeper systems? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and you hit it right on the head there. I mean, it is uh, viewed as a laboratory. It's, it's, it's viewed as something that, I mean, it's, it's, it's large um, enough from a volume perspective and the number of stores uh, that are in the, in the CNRG that we can really roll out, um, you know, improvements and uh, uh, potential improvements and really see how they work, fine tune them um, and, and then be able to offer them to our dealers. Right. And, uh, it's something that most companies don't have. Um, I, I would I would say you know you know most all companies don't have. Um, so it's, it's because it's real. It, it's it's real. There's customers coming in these stores every day, and uh, um, it, it's something that is a huge advantage. Uh, you know to Orgil and and also to myself. You know as far as looking at the technology vision and what we can do, um, and it kind of gives you that test bed, right? I mean a, a lot of technology folks understand that. Hey, you know you want. You want to test something before you uh, um, put it in production. Well, that that's a real live uh, version of that, um, you know, for for our company. Um, and in addition to that, what it helps us do is it helps us be able to create solutions um, at a high level that can be properly priced for um, you know all parties underneath. And what I mean by that is it allows us to have the um, the flexibility to not be a hey one size fits all. Right when when you when you have solutions and you can have those solutions across a, a you know a larger base, then it allows you to um, you know really be able to price it properly and and scale it properly for whether it's a you know a smaller uh, dealer of ours or a very large dealer of ours. We can, we can make it work. Right. What what do you think you know as you kind of look ahead at the tasks that are before you uh, and 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 you kind of examine the industry? What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that this industry, not maybe Oracle specific, maybe not Oracle specific, but this industry? And I know you're relatively new to it, but what are some of those kind of challenges that you see that may be similar or dissimilar from kind of industries you've come from? Um. You know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, part of it is uh, some folks that have never been out of uh, this industry or have never been anywhere else, um, they don't know what they don't know, right? Um, if they, they've always done so, something a certain way or a certain, um, you know, they've always seen things a certain way um, or an outcome has always been the, the, the exact same because of based on past experience. You know, they might not see what what works in other areas. And the nice thing about technology is um, 
a lot of technology is industry agnostic, um, meaning that, you know, like, for instance, automation. I mean, you can use automation in every any industry that's out there. Um, and, uh, and and that's just one example. I mean, I could go on and on, but, um, you know, that that's what I would say is, is, is not necessarily a challenge, but something that you definitely have to plan for is a little bit of the education. Um, and to me, that's that's part of the fun part of this is, is, is you helping people understand kind of what is possible. Right. And, 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 you know, this goes back to partnering with the business, partnering with our customers, partnering with our distribution centers and all the individual functions, because the more you understand their business from their seat, the more they're going to be inclined to say they know what the heck they're talking about. And the more that the you know, whatever that solution is going to be in the change management piece of that makes it much, much easier. So the adoptability and usability of that is closer to hundred percent, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of companies out there that force certain, uh, you know, the Absolutely. square peg in the round hole and say, Hey, you know, we're doing this for whatever reason. And they don't understand really the, you know, the business capability that that's going to provide or make, make it easier. And you look at those companies, you know, five, six, seven years later, and uh, you know, that, that software or system or technology they put in place is hardly being used. Yeah. You know, or, or, or it's being used by 25% of the people while the other 75% are using three other solutions. Right. And, and uh, you know, that's a huge failure from a technology uh, perspective that I see in a lot of companies. A lot of Fortune 500 companies are still doing that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it makes total sense when you think putting the technology first and saying, oh, there's this great new technology that'll create efficiencies and all this, and then pushing it on the company and then not really getting the buy-in beforehand or, or um, giving the training and support afterwards and really making everyone understand why the technology is going to help them, teaching them how to embrace and utilize that. I can certainly think back in times in my career, um, you know, where it's, I, I've been on both sides of that equation where I've been the one resisting the technology and then I've been the one trying to push the technology. And, and that's, it's, that's a really good point because investments of technology are poor investments if no one's using them. And that's the human element. Exactly. And then the bigger the company is, um, and the more diverse the company is, the more you have to understand that, hey, uh, you know, somebody in a different part of the, the, the company may be having the same problem, right. or a customer of ours might be having the same problem. And if you can, you know, get all that information prior to rolling out a solution, then you, you can, you know, do things once versus doing things, you know, multiple times. And then, you know, all those changes down the road, again, lead to poor adoption or much, much higher cost. Right, exactly. Well, where is it that you would, you know, as you're looking a year, two years, three years down the road, where where would you like to see kind of Oracle, Oracle customers be in that kind of IT sphere? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you, you know, substantial growth over where they're at today. Yeah, um, right. And a lot of that substantial growth be, uh, um, you, you know, because of the, uh, the, 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 you know, the um, increased use of technology in certain, in, in certain areas and across the board, uh, because, you know, I, I could get specific into a lot of different areas with them, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I want us and our customers to become a lot more efficient at what we do. You know, I want to use technology to help accelerate what all of our goals are um, and, and really use tech to, um, you know, help us make decisions easier, right, through advanced analytics and not just have a data strategy, but you have, uh, um, you have predictive uh, decision-making data, right, that's given to you. I mean, 
it's great to have tons and tons of data in front of you, but if that data is not predictive data and that data is not, you know, helping you make a decision much faster than it would otherwise, then it's an, it's just information then, right? Um, and uh, that not, not, not that doesn't necessarily, you know, help speed things up. And, uh, you know, and, and lastly, again, you know, technology can help give back time um, and, and help make run, things run smoother. So if you can give back time to individuals that can then ha- um, help them spend more time on the business versus working in the business and working on the growth of the business versus working on just making the wheels go around. That's a huge, huge opportunity um, out there for, for us and our customers. And uh, so it's exciting. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, you know, Boyd and I laugh about this all the time, but I mean, you know, the sky's the limit on this. Um, you know, I'm a, a very high energy, uh, a very positive person. Um, but, but in, in all honesty, I mean, it's, uh, there is, there's an enormous, enormous opportunity here, you know, for, for us and our customers. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I will make sure that, you know, as, as you guys keep moving forward to check back in with you to, to see as you guys start rolling out some of the more specific initiatives, I notice you very carefully steered clear of the Iron Man style suit that you're building for Boyden in the basement of the Memphis headquarters, but we'll talk about that <laughs> when it comes out. Um, Mark, Hey, thank you. W- welcome to the industry. Um, you know, welcome, welcome to Oracle. And, and, and I will underscore that, that um, not just the folks at Oracle, but, but throughout this industry, I think you're going to find that um, really some of the best people that you're going to want to encounter at the retail level um, and really at manufacturer level, all, all, all the different elements of the supply chain here. Um, I never would have thought 25 years ago that I would be having a career in and around the home improvement industry, but, but you can certainly say after spending that kind of time um, that, that it is a lot of the best people you're going to want to work with. So I think you're going to find a, a definite home here. And, and again, welcome to the industry. And thank you for after just six weeks coming on and, and, and sharing uh, uh, your, your thoughts and vision for where you want to take Orgel uh, from a technology perspective with us. Uh, and again, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, th- thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, really look forward to, uh, you know, meeting more and more folks, including yourself, hopefully one day in person. Yeah, soon. Face to face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mark. All right. Take care. I just wanted to make sure everybody listening knows that if you're an independent home improvement retailer in the United States or Canada, you're already a member of the North American Retail Hardware Association. And so that means if you're a hardware store, home center, or lumberyard and you're independently owned, you're already a member of NRHA. And the NRHA has been in existence since 1900 and serves its members in a variety of ways, from Hardware Retailing Magazine and our two podcast series to exclusive research and events, the association is here to help you become better and more profitable business owners. So we encourage you to make sure you take advantage of the services that are available to you that can help you better compete. To learn more about what NRHA does for you, make sure you visit us at www.nrha.org. Thank you.